Hey, what's up, Low Voltage Nation? This is Blake, and we are about to get on a podcast with Anthony Romeo of Wise Components. They do IT services and provide parts and other supplies to IT professionals and low volts. So let's get after it. We've got Anthony Romeo from Wise Components on the show tonight. He found me through a coworker, Chris Stokes. He said, hey, Low Voltage Nation, it might be a good opportunity. That's yet to be determined. I think it will be. I think it's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of good, uh, mutually beneficial things to come out of this. But Wise Components, they, uh, they're a solutions provider for IT-related uh, products and services. Been in business since 1975. And Anthony Romeo is the managing director. And we actually chatted last night. He left a very pleasant message on my voicemail. So I called him back immediately. And here we are. So... Anthony, thank you so much uh, for getting on the show. I really appreciate it. Uh, Blake, thank you for this opportunity. It's always a pleasure uh, to meet people like yourself that are trying to promote um, low voltage. I mean, it's it's the sex, sexiest thing out there. And <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's amazing that uh, other people are not jumping, uh, you know, from the Princeton and Yale's and Harvard's just to get it to a low voltage cabling. Uh, I tell you, it's the greatest thing ever. I, I sense um, a little sarcasm. I mean, it's a it's a male <laughs> it's a, it's a male dominated field as far as I can tell. I think there's like a couple females that are involved with it. Uh, it's a bunch um, of like old scraggly you, dudes running cable. You, you said that I did it. There's uh, there's no sexism over here. I'm not, women to, I'm not women and men. I'm just saying <laughs> just we need some more. We need some yeah. more women involved. We uh, do. We yeah. do. So uh, yeah, it's, we it's, definitely it's, do. It's it's pretty it's pretty funny actually, but I I really yeah. uh, I really appreciate you you getting on. You you went through like a whole a whole list of things uh, towards the end of the pregame of all the stuff you guys are doing from a uh, from a company like social media marketing, digital marketing perspective, and I was just blown away. Like just you went down a whole list. I want to get into that later because uh, it's pretty cool. And, and I think you also mentioned that you're starting a podcast next year. Is that is that true? That That is correct, Blake. Um, with over 300 manufacturer lines that we cover, it's, it's such a challenge to be in front of the thousands of customers that we support, not only in the New York uh, tri-state area, but globally and getting to and just in front of their face to educate them on the benefits and the value adds when umpteen hundred other competitors are doing the same thing. Yeah. So we have to be a little different. And the, the way that I see the world is going, and as you pointed out before, uh, the, the low voltage infrastructure industry for so many years has uh, been very, uh, I'm not going to say the word old, but I am. So <laughs> the, the way that they go about business typically is they they want the catalogs. They don't. They fight the social media and all the webinars and things like that. But there is a younger generation coming, and they're identifying new ways to understand how to how to make sense about making their job and their life a little easier. So instead of just going about trial and error and and going through it, they're looking at YouTube videos. And that's why we're creating things and in content-rich information videos so that they understand 
why that product is what they need to do their job timely, efficiently, and a fair cost, and where they can get it from. So we're constantly, you know, challenged with you know, marketing and getting our name out there when there's companies, small companies like Amazon <laughs> and, uh, you know, others out there that are constantly in our customer's face. So how do we, how do we continue to be front of mind is basically what I'm getting at. Yeah. And, and I think you're, you're taking the right approach. I mean, obviously I'm a little biased because I run a podcast and I'm, you know, I'm on every single <laughs> social media platform and, uh, but I, you know, I, I have seen a ton of good responses because the message is positive for low voltage nation and people want to get on board because of the message. And also it's, it's how you get in front of people now. Uh, there's a lot of yeah, so like just like yourself, you know, you're like, hey, this might be a good opportunity. So, and I'm glad you're here. But what I want to do now is I want to hear about your story, how you got started, and where you're at now with Wiseskin Bonus. Well, again, thank you for the opportunity. Yep. So, as an individual, getting into this business was not an easy task for me. Um, it, it started um, more than 20 years ago, and I knew nothing of twisted pair cable fiber optics, MT, you know, PDUs, UPSs. I thought that was a delivery service. I had no right. idea uh, anything of this. And uh, as I was talking to you the other day and uh, this evening, you know, I credit a lot of my success uh, to my wife um, because she steered me on the right path, which led me to my first career, which was the military, and uh, I proudly served the United States Navy for six years, did uh, a tour over overseas. And when I got out of the service, it's like every government institution was looking to hire in the state of Virginia, the state of Texas, or go back overseas. And my, um, my wife's father, my, now my father-in-law, uh, he was retired from Lucent Technologies um, and had a long, successful career for 40-plus years in the industry, and he introduced me to the telecommunication world, and he said, no need to uproot your life and go to Texas or Virginia or anywhere else. There's plenty of work in New York City, but it's in telecommunications. And I said, what's that? <laughs> um, introduced me to the world. I quickly uh, got a job with a cable contractor learning about design, implementation, um, best practices, installation, and working with a couple of different contractors and many manufacturers. I then uh, was fortunate to get a job with a um, global powerhouse uh, called Comscope. I don't know if some of you might know them, oh, yeah. uh, but they're a $7 billion company at the time. They were only a $2 billion company, but uh, I learned a lot uh, for about eight years, worked with them on the global account sales team. Um, I got really a great amount of understanding clients, 
and how to deal with clients from all parts of the world. And at the end of the day, no matter where you were, I realized that it's the same thing. It's you have to build that trust, that rapport with the client, and that you have to convince them that it's not the product. It's you that they know they can rely on. So if you were in APAC, UK, EU, North America, South America, it didn't matter. At the end of the day, it was, do I trust that individual and can I rely on him Mm -hmm. or her for that matter? But just in this case, it was me. (laughs) So um, it it was, it was like a, my Eureka moment, knowing that as good as the product was at the end of the day, it's the person that they're dealing with that is going to have to sell that service, that product, or whatever it is. And I, I, I just realized that it's your integrity. And you, you, you have to be about whatever it is you stand by. That's, that's what you got to make good on. After the sale is over, you're not, a, you know, you're not out the door. There's, there's a whole road of operations and other things that go on, as you know, being in sales. Um, after, uh, almost nearly a decade working with Comscope, I had the, uh, pleasure of meeting, uh, my partners, uh, at Wise Components and they gave me an opportunity to, uh, have a vested interest and come on board to a very already successful company that was established in 1975. But as I pointed out, the roots go back into the way back to the fifth 1950s, um, and it was though it was hard parting ways with a global manufacturer like Comscope. I still have the opportunity to work with great companies like Comscope and others. Being a, a stocking distributor of Comscope brand and other major lines um, like AFL, Sumitomo, Panduit and many others, um, working with dynamite people uh, in the New York City marketplace. So travel a lot less, which is great to me. Um, but at the end of the day, as, as I go in to speak about WISE, when I looked in the mirror and, and I see the person that I'm dealing with every day, that's who I deal with at WISE every single day. So as you mentioned, Chris Stokes, Chris Stokes has been WISE over 20 years. He's a dynamite addition to WISE components, a value add to his customers that he services every single day. And as I mentioned, he he runs our e-commerce business as well, uh, known as Datacom Tools. Uh, That being said, um, Chris is not the only one. We have a slew of rock stars, in my opinion, and I've dealt with many companies uh, globally, locally, national, and as a regional stock and distributor of IT infrastructure, I would put our team against anyone out there in the field because they they really go the extra mile. Uh, We have some uh, fortunate uh, success stories right now working with uh, American Dream Mall, which is going to be the largest mall uh, in the tri-state area. Well, I'm sorry, largest mall in the United States, which is located in the New York City tri-state area. 
just next to Giant Stadium. Um, we had the opportunity to provide uh, the backbone fiber to that that uh, facility, and um, that was on an airborne fiber backbone uh, manufactured from Sumitomo. Um, it's been going well, and there's still 420 stores to be built out there. So it's going to be an ongoing uh, success story, I believe. There, we're um, we have some really key customers that rely on us for 30 plus years, and again, it's it's credited to the people here, my partners Scott Blaustein, John Conti, and Mark Zaints. They operate with integrity. And the founder, who is no longer with us, he passed in 2002, uh, Marty Blaustein, uh, unfortunately, never had the opportunity to, to meet him face-to-face. And, but the stories that I hear, he was a phenomenal person in the industry, well-loved and respected. And uh, his untimely death in 2002, there was many people that just, to this day, talk about Marty Blaustein in the telecom industry in the local New York City tri-state area market. Um, that being said, as I mentioned to you earlier on on the call, you know we're we're constantly challenged with how do we service our customers that you know their evolving demands or requests. I should say not demands, but their requests as technology is moving so quickly. And and so it's so um, amazing on certain the things that we're seeing with AI and 5G and so forth, but it's not moving that quickly. There's still a lot of copper. There's still a lot of fiber, that traditional way that the IDFs are, are being built out, the data centers are being built out. Yes, don't get me wrong. There's hyperscale module data centers. 5G will get turned on and People are going to be running, screaming in the street saying, my phone's not working. As I pointed out before, my phone is the most important thing to me um, because if I lose that, it's just uh, I, I might just be stranded in the middle of wherever I'm standing um, because I became, it, like so many other people, I became so dependent of it. Um, I remember in the 80s and 90s, I used to remember everybody's telephone number. Right, yeah. Um, <laughs> I struggle with my own, and if it wasn't for getting a rewards on CVS, I couldn't tell you my home number. That's so funny. <laughs> no. um, yeah, I, I still remember my childhood number. I think most people do. If they were like, <laughs> if they're, if they're above the age of thirty, yeah. they remember their their childhood phone number and like their best friend, right? And, and like the neighbors. <laughs> and that's it. Yeah, right. I, I totally exactly. agree. I yeah. totally agree. So it it sounds um, like it sounds like you guys you know obviously you've been in the game for a while you got some pretty you know knowledgeable heavy hitters uh, on staff you speak very highly of them which is pretty inspiring uh, and then you touched on you know the ever evolving technological landscape that we live in while you mentioned that you know it's not changing that rapidly with copper and fiber still being laid you know on a daily basis you know millions of miles probably uh, at scale uh, but how are you guys adapting to the evolving market because you had mentioned that you still have a lot of stuff that's like either in stock or like kind of dated technology that you still like offer right. but not really relevant anymore how are you adapting to that change so as i mentioned wise has was established in 1975 we just passed our birthday october 31st 1975 october 31st 
also known as the release date of Bohemian Rhapsody. Just a Cliff Clavin fun fact. Um, both okay. released at the same day. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for um, that. <laughs> uh, but with that said, the company's roots, as I pointed out, stem back to the 1950s. And when we started out back in the 1950s, it was nothing, almost nothing that we saw from the 1950s exists today. Right. And as we evolved in the 70s with the enterprise space and as the 1980s and business and the computers and the enterprise space evolved and the, the phones and the data center markets, they continue to grow we're constantly looking at newer technologies to support our business, or I should say support our customers' needs as they requesting these things. As the design engineering consultants, they're working very diligently on providing value-added services to their end users. And then they're creating these wonderful you know, uh, RFPs and they're going out. And then we're sometimes, not often, but sometimes we're just, at a crossroad, we were scratching our head and we're going, well, what's this? And we were out of that crossroad and we're like, well, can we get it? Can we source it? Can we provide it to our customer at a fair price and make a profit? Well, let's do it. And that, and that's kind of the reactive way that we've operated in years past, but we've come to be more proactive and see, okay, let's understand what's going on with these smart cities. Are they deploying, you know, full-blown distributed antenna systems? Are they just needing repeater systems? Are they looking to do modular data centers? Are they looking to, um, you know, put smart cities with smart poles? And and those are not words I'm making up. Smart poles, smart pole technology is actually enclosure boxes that house Wi-Fi cellular connections with a smart little advertisement on it slapped on the side of it to pay for it. And because there's a ton of traffic and light poles throughout the world, it's a great way to house it and, you know, you know, broadcast that. So those things are happening, not in our geography yet, but in other places in the world, they're going on. So right now my partners and I are faced with looking at, um, other technologies to source to ensure that as our contractors and our end user customers ask us for those products at solutions, we're ahead of the game and we say, well, we have that and we can, or we could source it at a, at a fair price and get it to you in a timely fashion to get your job and so that you could achieve your goal that you're trying to uh, get done. So, so yeah, um, you're mentioning a lot of, uh, yeah, you're mentioning like a lot of these, like this new technology. It's kind of interesting hearing about it, you know, because I'm still kind of, I feel like I'm in, I'm in the, the stone ages with the stuff that I install on a daily basis. And you're kind of making me feel a little like self-conscious because <laughs> you're, uh, no, I mean, as I said, like before, it, everybody wants to be somewhat attractive to whoever they're trying to sell to. And I've, I say that from a business standpoint. So if you are providing the education on certain types of solutions, they're going to want to come to you before anybody else because they feel like you know what's, what's coming. So though I said technology is moving at a rapid, rapid pace, 
you said it best. I mean, there's still miles and miles of fiber. There's still thousands and millions and millions of feet of copper cable being installed in buildings today, whether it's traditional to an IDF and MDF or even, you know, POM-based, passive optical network solutions. Those things are still continuing. All I'm saying is these are added benefits if we continue to identify new solutions that are out there it's helpful to our customers that come across this because there's there's really two camps of clients that everybody I don't care if you're uh, you know selling cars or or data communication products at the end of the day you you have two camps of customers we feel you have the customers the client base that exists and you have the client base that you wish you have mm-hmm. so the client base that you already have you have to continue to process their requests as they come in um, with the day-to-day business, those patch cords, the racks, you know, all the metal products. Um, and uh, But at the end of the day, you can't really grow your business if you don't educate them on other solutions. So, for example, we have certain contractors that they, too, have fan- phenomenal relationships with property management companies or uh, owner's reps, and they go to them directly, and how do they evolve? How do they grow their business at the end of the year? So if they have a dynamite relationship with a real estate firm or an owner's rep, and they're only working in the data communication closet, but yet somebody's walking around and screaming, I can't use my cell phone. I have to get up from my desk again and go outside to make a call. If they were to go into that property management company and say, you know what, I have a sol- I think I might have a solution that could solve your problem from getting up and losing productivity right. in your building and provide you a value-add service by installing a cellular repeater, right. something as simple as that. Right. So now you're taking from the macro network, pulling it into the building and repeating the signal for a fraction of the cost of distributed antenna system. Now, yeah. Both are great, but there's two different cases here. So if you're in a dense populated area, really not going to want to use a repeater cell. However, if you're out in the middle of nowhere in the burbs and you're in a small mixed-use building, I would say a repeater might be more cost-effective solution. And and based on the, the, the building makeup, that that and the area, um, the cell towers, and the, that, that has to be into consideration too. So don't hold me to saying, oh, well, Anthony said repeater will cover, answer all your prayers. <laughs> I'm just saying, going back to the basis of the of the conversation, the value-add message, um, you know, we haven't sold repeaters and, and DAS systems for eons, but we have sold copper cable for the last 44 years. Right. Now, and some of the customers that we've been selling to, we've been selling to them for 44 years. How do, how do we help them grow their business? So we offer things. So we're, we're looking at product, I should say, product ads. So the customer base that we currently have today, we could add the value add to their business so that they could promote that to their client base. Then there's the customers that, we're constantly trying to identify to sell to. So that could be a contractor. It could be an end user, um, a property manager or or whatever type. 
And we basically, everything that's on our line card, and even if it's not on the line card, we will try to source it to them. What's your what's your target market? Do you do a lot of small to medium-sized businesses? I know, I know that you mentioned end users. So what's your target market exactly? So um, to break wise components out in a nutshell, so 80-20 rule applies here. So I would say 80% of our business is geared towards uh, the data, um, telecommunication infrastructure folks. 20% is to commodity managers, plant managers, facilities managers on the end user base selling. Um, let's just say, let's just call them widgets for, for now. But going back to the IT infrastructure, the meat of our business, um, those customers vary in size and scope. So though we, um, out of that 80%, I would say roughly 75% of that number is contractor-based. It could be the electrical contractor, both IBEW or CDIPS, or a uh, telecommunications CWA contractor, or a non-union contractor for that matter, where I like to call two bobs in a truck. (laughs) <laughs> um, we're happy to sell and support anybody that's willing to pay a fair price for the products that we keep in inventory and we're, we're constantly sourcing. Um, we're a supply chain to many of those folks. And then in addition to the 75% of that number in the IT infrastructure world, we're very fortunate to work with some premier customers um, like a NASDAQ where we're providing them uh, various components to support enterprise space and uh, data center, both in the colo and, and as, as uh, their own facilities. So um, New York City Transit and um, Metro North, um, another rail system, we provide them uh, with uh, the data infrastructure components that they need to uh, for their data center as well as their uh, office administration space. And the reason why I bring them up is it's a good segue into the OEM business. Um, so as I said to you earlier on a call, we sell over 300 manufacturer, we're, we're authorized to sell over 300 manufacturer lines. However, on the OEM side, it is a free fall. I find that uh, folks like Michael Mann, who who help run and run and gun the uh, OEM sales for us, um, both here in the states, Ireland, Costa Rica, he does a phenomenal job. He is constantly identifying, as I call, widgets. It's his customer has a challenge or need and the need, and he f- and he finds the answer. So um, we had a customer come to us and saying that um, they have, I, I can't name the customer for um, uh, and, uh, NDA uh, purposes. However, they make some medical equipment and is, we're not providing them the big parts for the medical equipment. However, some of the parts, some of the smaller parts for their plant facility that we uh, provide them when we went to the facility, or I should say when Michael went to the facility, he identified that one of the plant managers was 
upset about uh, how the packaging going out to their customers was being constantly damaged due to transit and all types of elements that it was being uh, dealt with. So this was millions of dollars of equipment. Michael saw that as a need uh, to identify something to sell to them. So he identified a composite uh, material that basically blankets and protects, provides a cushion over this equipment. This is something that we don't keep in inventory on a regular basis, but for this customer, Michael was able to identify the challenge that the customer was faced with and sell them a solution. So with New York City Transit Authority, um, because we have do such a good business with them, both with fiber optics, copper cable, racks and cabinets, we um, also identified some other departments on the train side, the actual carts themselves. So working with companies like Kawasaki and Lincoln, Nebraska, we're providing them uh, uh, numerous things for the actual car itself, you know, the subway cart. Um, Michael also working with uh, a major manufacturer like Hubble and Electric Motion uh, was able to have a brush assembly and don't hold this against me. I didn't know what a brush assembly was until I actually saw it, but it's basically like a brake pad um, that helps the motor car in each train cart brake. So if, and not to get technical because I am not the technical person, the manufacturer is the technical person on that side of OEM. You want to ask me about fiber or copper, I'm happy to go down that road. But when it comes to OEM parts, there the world is just endless of things that could be provided. So case in point, again, Michael found a challenge that they were faced with and provided a solution, a value-added solution at a cost-effect price. And now we're providing both OEM products as well as IT infrastructure products to New York City Transit Authority. So going, you know, in full circle, that 80-20 rule, 100%. At the end of the day, our clients, consisting of end users in education, financial, healthcare, government, utilities, they rely on us because they trust us. Going back to what I said earlier, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, the folks that have been with us, our employees here at WISE, they've been here a long time, they offer that value-add service. Because at the end of the day, we don't make anything but promises. We provide defect-free product in a timely fashion, period, end of discussion. What What was the name of the brush pads? Is that what you said? So it's a, a, a brush assembly. It's a bracket. Brush it's assembly. a metal bracket. Oh. Yes, it's a brush assembly. It's, it's a metal bracket that goes on to um, a motor that's actually attached to the braking mechanism on a subway cart. And this small little item helps um, with uh, positive uh, braking so that uh, we've heard about certain things like uh, positive traction control. These things are put forth and these are designed by New York City Transit and other transit to ensure 
the safety and security of their people, their riders. And um, again, they're looking at value-add suppliers, and we've been a vendor of them for a number of years, and we have a, a, a very long Rolodex of folks, of manufacturers, I said companies, value-add manufacturers that can provide those solutions. We're just in the, the position to source it. So at the end of the day, we're the supply we're the supply chain arm for many different verticals. Yeah, so I didn't know what a brush assembly was, so I, I'm not going to make fun of you for that. I also didn't know what a shoulder screw was <laughs> <laughs> until yeah, now. Um, you're, you're educating yeah. me on all this very uh, questionably useful knowledge. <laughs> so you won't find it in an, you will not find a shoulder screw in a in an IDF or an MDF, but you will find it in the shoulder. <laughs> yeah. So wait, why did we write that down? As a funny so, story, what is the story behind a shoulder screw? <laughs> so I laugh because uh, again, I have to go. I have to credit Michael Mann because he does a phenomenal job, like many of the folks at Wise Components. But he finds these things, constant gaps that these clients have, and he goes, "I could source that. I could <laughs> find a reputable manufacturer to make." what you need, and I can get it to you in a timely fashion, defect-free, period. Um, and and we, I, I like to just add um, that Wise Components um, for a number of years has um, been accredited an ISO standard um, that basically has a third party come in and audit us on a quarterly basis for efficiencies um, on how we're running. And if we see anything that needs to be addressed, there's an SOP to make sure that we address it. If we do have a problem, there is a quality incident report and we make sure that we address it. At the end of the day, we are human. We are not robots. Um, that's a whole other story and that's a longer podcast, I think. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, we are humans and we do make mistakes. But when we do make mistakes, we don't own up to those mistakes and we make sure that whatever needs to be processed is taken care of. Um, the reason why we value the ISO um, certification is having another entity come in and, and assess. And it's not just us saying we're rock stars. It's the separate entity that's coming in and saying we're rock stars. Um, and it's very important to us and we hold it at the highest standard. The um, other thing I would add is I would say three years ago, roughly three years ago, we started to again uh, do a client-based survey. And I would say um, since the start of it, the net promoter score, in fact, for those who are familiar with it, our net promoter score started out at a 78. It's now at an 85, and our weighted average is a 914 out of a 10. So um, we're going in the right de direction, I believe, um, yeah. because of the people that support WISE. And uh, we're fortunate for the customers base that we have today. And we just want to continue to be there for them. 
at the end of the day, as good as our products are, as good as our services, without the customers that we had, that we established for many years, we wouldn't be as good as we are. A lot of them are lifelong friends, I, I have to say. How many empo- how many employees are there at uh, at Wise? I I wish there was a lot more, uh, but uh, we get it done with just about forty um, employees in our two locations. Um, we're I think running very hot, <laughs> but in a good way. You you said you wish there was more, so. Um, how much would you pay me if I filled out an application? <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually um, uh, I'm texting my boss right now. He's like trying to get me to stay. <laughs> like, I'm I'm like no joke. He's like throwing all these numbers out, and it's, yeah. I'm trying to pay, I'm trying to pay attention as much as possible. But <laughs> Josh used to make one hundred sixty thousand dollars. Like I don't make anywhere near that. Can you like meet me? Right. What do you think? What do you think? Six. Yeah, six, sure. Why not? <laughs> yes, I'll I'll I'll. Move to Brooklyn for there you go eighty eighty five thousand. How does that sound? Is that enough money? If you move, no, it's not. Unfortunately, if maybe Brooklyn, Ohio, but not Brooklyn, New York. Um, um, Brooklyn, Brooklyn, New York is probably one of is as much as Manhattan uh, price per square foot these days. It's it's the real estate is crazy. Um. But uh, you definitely could find uh, refuge somewhere in New York for for eighty. It's too uh, it's too cold. I lived in <laughs> Cleveland and Akron for five years. Right, so I'm done with that. I like the South. You're down in Florida now, correct? I'm I'm in Nash Nashville, Tennessee. <clears throat> oh, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. That's what you said. Wait, you're sorry that I live in Nashville? No, no. I was gonna say, man, we're we're cutting the show off right now. I'm not publishing it. Oh <laughs> uh, no, no, no! My yeah. partner was just in Nashville. He he loved it. Yeah, it's great. If you ever if you ever here, man, you you got a friend. You can visit me. You can do another podcast. There awesome. we go. Yep. So I want to dive into uh, what has helped you in your career, and I absolutely loved your answers because um, you were very sincere when you said your wife. And then you you went on to mention your military background. So t- tell me, like, why is like your wife one of like your you know, bed the bedrock of your career? So I would say, uh, and as I mentioned before to you, I, I credit a lot of my success to my wife. Uh, she is my rock. Um, I I could not do what I do. The amount of hours that I put in without her by my side. Um, I'm constantly working. I'm up early. I'm out late day in, day out. Um, so I really owe it a lot to her. Um, even, even the military, uh, my military service would not been if it wasn't for her telling me to get my act together. (laughs) (laughs) So I, uh, enlisted into the military and uh they straightened me right out (laughs) they put me on the right path and um it it was the second best thing i ever did in my life um i i really uh i don't want to tear up here but i i credit the things my skill set all the the integrity how i go about business 
is definitely come from the traits and the, the skills that I that that I learned from spending time in the military and how to go about um, achieving success. I mean, the the acronyms just saying uh, poor planning um, promotes poor performance versus proper planning provides. Um, I forget the acronym now. <laughs> it's uh, proper planning. Proper planning um, promotes. Um, Try to look it up. Here. Good perf- yeah, I, I forget it now. Here it is. Proper but, uh, planning. Wait. Proper planning and preparation promotes peak performance. Is that it? Correct. Is that, that it? That is correct. Okay. That is. I like that. Um, the reason why I screwed it up is because it says poor piss poor planning is as the way the military would say piss poor planning. Uh, promotes poor performance. Yeah, I don't and they like versus proper planning. Um, gotcha. But it, it's it's having you know these strategies, these initiatives that you put, these goals that you set. You can only attain and achieve these goals with plans in place. And I, I don't want to sound preachy or talk down to anybody, oh, but it's the reality. And. I, I feel that I'm successful because I, I I try to lay out the roadmap and where I'm going to go, where I'm going to be. And if I, if I don't jot it down, whether it be a mental thought or in the book it, it, or in my phone, it, it's got to be a, a plan of attack. Uh, otherwise, you, you're just going to be scrambling. So um, I credit the military service for that as it, it put me on the the right path. I like, I like it. Uh, I, I kind of figured you were military when you said, well, what's the objective of the podcast? I was like, Oh God, <laughs> <laughs> like, man, this guy's gotta be, I'm, I'm not military. People mistake me for being military. Um, okay. I'm, I'm Canadian. So I don't know if I can even be in the military. I don't know, but, uh, There's when, a Canadian military. So. Yeah, I don't know if it's legit. I'm, you know what? I've, I've already gotten trouble by abandoning our our female audience. I'm not going to abandon our Canadian audience <laughs> right now. You made a comment about old people, so we're we're very narrow with we're, our our target market right here. <laughs> <laughs> Eighteen to thirty-five males. No, we're just kidding. Exactly. That's funny. Hey, do you listen to uh, do you listen to any podcast at all? Uh, only yours, Blake. Only, only yours. Only the one you're on right now. <laughs> there's, a, there's a there's a really good one. It's called Jocko Podcast, and Jocko Jocko, Jocko Willink is a Navy retired Navy SEAL. He um he led. Uh, oh yeah, I, I know. I really... Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah, I know the guy. Well, I don't know him personally, but I know know who he is. I think you might like it. He does. It's a, it gets pretty dark because he reads a lot of military books. Like that's one of his segments is to read a book right. throughout the podcast. But he also does some really good Q and A stuff, uh, and then he dives into his uh, his consulting company called Echelon Front, which is a bunch of Navy SEALs that go into organizations and teach military leadership in the civilian sector. So it's actually really good. You might like it. Oh, that's awesome. Yep. Cool. Let's uh let's let's jump on back into uh the questioning. <laughs> uh we we talked about your phone. You mentioned it earlier and in the pregame, like how it's so important. And uh it, like, it, what, are you, what are you doing on your phone that's so important? Just <laughs> it's my it's my Excalibur. 
I mean, it really is. It's without my phone. It has my my calendar, my contacts, my emails. It's my search engine. Um, I I I don't know what I would do without it. I mean, I operated obviously because of my age. I've operated without a phone. I think out of all my friends, I was the last one to have a cell phone. I actually remember calling my wife on a date from the house and and getting her parents on the phone and having to go to the front door and ring the bell, you know, so I'm from that, gen, you know, that generation, um, there wasn't match.com or anything like there is today. Right. Um, but uh, I, I without my cell phone, it's it's really hard to get along these days. I think like what you would have to do if you lost your phone, you would just have to like walk home. Like what? <laughs> like, what else would you do? You don't you don't have any phone numbers memorized. Like if you no. like, if, if you no. lost your phone and your wallet, you would be screwed. You'd have to walk home. That's your only right. option. <laughs> yep, pretty much. It's funny. Uh, uh, pretty much. So uh, productivity tools, you mentioned uh, some inventory uh, management system. Like I'm, I'm a total nerd when it comes to productivity tools. I, I'd like to stay organized. Yes. And so I'd like to provide some value to the audience and see what other people are using successfully. So that inventory management system, do you like it? And is it good? Or what are your thoughts on it? Well, personally, uh, I would say the, the sales folks as well as purchasing agents, um, and operations from warehouse logistics, um, they know it front, forwards and backwards. Uh, EPDS is uh, the company that we, the software platform that we use at Wise. And uh, it's definitely helpful in mm. many ways as far as identifying that the quantities are where they should be for proper inventories to support the sales team when they're getting the calls from the, the contractors, from the end users and saying, I need eight of whatever. We have them in stock. That helps the sale, obviously. Um, so we're all on that um, that same system. Is it the best thing out there? Yes, because we use it. <laughs> I'm sure there's... <laughs> I'm sure there's other platforms and other softwares out there, and we're actually looking at a number of other things right now to do um, a comparison. Yeah. So we haven't pulled any triggers. We haven't re- released the, the hounds yet, but yeah. um, we definitely are trying to stay ahead of the curve versus be reactive to the programs that are out there today. Um, so we're constantly looking at things that could help us be more proficient at what we do. Um, in addition to our inventory management system that helps us quote and provide, um, purchase orders to our customers, uh, we are in the process of looking at, uh, several different CRM tools to help, um, with our sales closing rate, uh, rate. Um, at the end of the day, uh, knowledge is power. The more information that we capture on our customers, the trends, the history, uh, it, it's going to be so helpful to us because we know others out there are, are using it. Again, small co- companies like Amazon, they, uh, they're, they're 
picking your brain every single day um, out there. If you buy anything, they're doing the complimentary sale call every second, every minute, on the hour, daily, weekly, monthly. If you buy a jack, the cable's there. You buy the cable, the jack, the faceplate, the patch panel, the rack, the cable management. Do you need fiber? Do you need in, you need outdoor? You know, they, you know, they're not in that market yet, but it's it's only a matter of time. So again, how do I convince my current customer base that they can continue to rely and trust the people here at Wise? Well, just be customer facing. Right. Listen to them. Be empathetic of their situations and understand what their needs are today, as well as continue to research. Don't just be complacent. That's that's the that's the thing that I feel separates us from the pack. We're not complacent. Yes, we we're grateful. Ninety ninety nine point nine percent of our business is the traditional copper and fiber sale and the the uh, associated metals that go along with it, but there's other things out there and we have to be forward thinking. Otherwise we're not going to evolve as we have done since the 1950s. I, I want to be here as a, as a newer owner to wise components. I want to be here for another 40 year plus years. I, I want this business to continue for over a hundred years and be, you know, one day as big and bad as, as, that little company that we keep referring to that should have no name, <laughs> you know, um, do, do but you at the feel, end of the day, do you feel, again? do you feel that a CRM like Salesforce or whatever you're going to choose would enhance that customer facing component? That's so important. Or do you think it's just another that if you don't use it, it won't really matter. Well, I, I don't want a data dump. If if that's what you're referring to, like I junk in, junk out. I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, if I I know being from previous companies, we were Salesforce power users, right? Uh, LinkedIn uh, sales navigator tool, yeah. and all these you know all these different programs that we use. If your company wants you to write War and Peace daily on how great you are, you're really not selling. <laughs> you know, so, so that's that's not what I'm trying to achieve here. What I'm trying to achieve is having the understanding of the trends, being able to identify it in a moment's notice, understanding, you know, our current system can do a history report. So if the person bought electrical tape, we know other things that they've purchased in the past. Right. We could do that. But there's other softwares out there that could make it a little easier yeah. for the person that's in front of the screen. And that's sure. what we're trying to do. So in, investing the right money, it, it's not just throwing money at it because everybody's doing it. It's, it's taking the right steps at the right time. And I feel that, again, I don't have all the answers. My crystal ball sometimes is on the fritz. Um, but definitely not being complacent is, is definitely – one of the things that I would credit to why success. Yeah. Um, so you, you mentioned, you know, somebody taking a, a similar path, uh, you know, I think we already touched on this, but you know, being open-minded, but also like doing that research, you know, if somebody asks you a question and then following up with an answer the next day is like super. Absolutely. Important. 
Yeah, and so talk to me about that. Like, how how is that? Why is that so important? To I mean, obviously it is, but what are your thoughts on it? And, and as we said earlier, um, you know, somebody coming up in 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 the ranks as I did, or somebody that's already way past. No matter what your age or whatever it is, where whatever business you're in, at the end of the day, integrity is so important. Don't just yes somebody. Say, yes, 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 yes. I can get it done. Yes, 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 yes. We have it. Yes, 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 yes. Because that's going to blow up in your face. Yep. And I, and I, and I find that, that so many people that I've come across, I get constant sales calls every single day because my title on LinkedIn is managing director of wise components right. or multi-million dollar company. I get solicited every single day from different services, whether it be a software company or a waste management company. Every single day, my phone's ringing from somebody to sell me something. <laughs> and I find like if I ask them some questions, I ask them off the wall questions sometimes just to test. And if they throw a yes at it, I'm like, really? <laughs> you know, <laughs> Is that is that true? I, I mean, and and that that shows me the you know the type of individual that I'm dealing with, and I don't want to take the next step and and trust that that person is going to be there for me and the company, you know. So at the end of the day, integrity is the biggest thing, and I find that my partners are equally in the same camp with integrity. Not just saying yes to everybody is, is something. It's unfortunate. Sometimes I have to tell a customer no, but it's really for their their good. You know, it's not. I, I'm not better than anybody else. But if we see something that's not going to work for their benefit, I'll have to say no. And, and you know, and over. You know, what's what's the thing that some people do? Over promise and under deliver. I rather worst. tell you that it. I'd rather tell you that I don't have it in stock. I can't get it for two weeks, but I can give you a fair price today, and I guarantee that it'll be there in two weeks. You know, if you can't wait two weeks for that particular item, I have this or that. And if that doesn't work, I'm sorry I can't help you. Hopefully you could find somebody else to source it, and I'll lose the order because I want to keep the customer in a long standing business relationship rather than just make that one sale. Yeah. In the, the day, it, it's it, the integrity, you know, that's it, what it comes down to. Yeah. And, and what you're doing, this kind of just rolls into the, the wrap up uh, in what you're doing on, on social media and targeting so many different platforms and not even social media, but just, just the internet in general with, you know, your webinars, seminars you know doing youtube uh, the website with your content writer you you are getting in front of those those customers but you're also highlighting and being able to communicate with them so if there is any like issue or there's maybe you know they, they leave a bad review you're on those platforms so you can get in front of it but if you're just being honest and having you know a bunch of integrity up front you don't have you don't run into those problems and then you can highlight that and mm -hmm. amplify message so like you're going oh, like incredible way absolutely and thank you for that i mean at the end of the day blake and i i'm just the blowhorn 
Wise has been doing this way before I'm around. And after I'm gone, they're going to still be doing it. I'm confident of that. I'm just a bullhorn throwing it out there that here we are. We're, we've been helping customers for 44, 44 years and and counting. And we're going to continue to help customers with the challenges that they face with in IT infrastructure or OEM daily um, for them. And and again, it's not brand recognition for me. It's brand recognition of wise. And I I don't need to do anything other than just be that blowhorn for wise components because they're just rock stars by themselves. You know, I, I and I know that I, I bought into the company and and I'm saying I'm drinking the Kool Aid. Yes, I can. Um, but the reality is. When I was working with the content writer, it was it was just it flowed so easy because there was so much information and good case studies and good stories to say all the stuff that our people, the company as a whole are doing collectively to all the different verticals, as well as um, the two bobs in a truck. We're happy to help. Yep. No big and uh, no small. <laughs> Or no, nobody's too small to come here, and nobody's too large to be handled. We we love them all. So yeah, not only did I learn a lot about some really um, some really cool technology and and what you guys do, I learned about shoulder screws and and brush assemblies. But <laughs> importantly, is how much how much you guys are doing on the internet and how much alignment there is with with my mission with low voltage nation. So I'm actually like really, I actually feel really good after this podcast. I, I feel inspired and, and energized to, to continue, you know, doing stuff like this and also to do stuff with you in the future. Uh, you mentioned that you are getting uh, into a podcast uh, environment and uh, I would love to be a part of that in any capacity. So uh, yeah, we so would definitely love to have you part of our kickoff in 2020 where yeah. we're definitely uh, excited about it. Um, there's a lot of, as I, as I mentioned, uh, having the amount of franchise lines that we're authorized to sell, um, there's so much data dump that comes into us every single day, whether it be via webinar, uh, face-to-face meetings with the manufacturers, uh, product updates that they're giving us, um, tutorials that they're giving us. It, it, it needs to be shared to the masses that we're working with and the folks that we hope to work with in the near future. Cool. That's great. Well, Anthony, man, I really appreciate you leaving that kind message uh, last night, reaching out and uh, us getting together like in less than 24 hours. So that's uh, that's a pretty cool thing. I'm, I'm glad that we connected and uh, we will be- No in- time like the present. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> hey, Anthony, we'll be in touch soon, man. Uh, I'll see you on the internet and we'll, you know, give me a call if you need anything and uh, hope to, hopefully I'll get my podcast uh, in 2020. Excellent. Uh, Thank you again.